Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, the podcast for parents who know never to make eye contact with a child who's on the verge of falling asleep, as I'll sense that your delight and abort the mission immediately and stay awake. It's true, never make eye contact. Well, hello, I'm Ree James, and today we are talking about gender stereotyping. So in a world where there seems to be often negative divides between masculinity and femininity, in recent years, there has been increased conversation around the language we use around our children. So gender stereotyping has been present in our society for many decades, and while we've gotten better with it, sometimes we still subconsciously say hurtful things, but is it any big deal? Well, it kind of is. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. So make sure that you also stay tuned for the Weird, the Wacky and the Wonderful segment as I have an app for mums who are looking for new friends around the globe, as well as some helpful Q&A forums and lots more. We also have a weekly tip that'll take out those annoying stains that always make an appearance on our beautiful white clothes uh, and lots more. So let's get into today's show. Today's guest is passionate about teaching children all about gender identity, sexuality and consent and removing the taboo surrounding these topics. So today specifically we'll talk about gender stereotyping and the effect it can have on our children. So let's welcome today's guest, Lindsay Amar, on Zoom all the way from New York City. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Lindsay, why is uh, gender stereotyping not so good? Yeah, um, it, there are a lot of different reasons uh, gender stereotyping is is bad for kids. Uh, but I think kind of like the overall conceptual reason is that it puts us into boxes. It puts a kid into boxes and that that are, can be difficult to break out of as they grow up and develop. So let's say we um, meet a kid who seems like they um, might be a, might be a girl and a lot of us will put kind of preconceived notions of what being a girl means onto that kid so that means using feminine pronouns that means um, a lot of the time putting them in dresses putting pink and purple and a quote-unquote girly colors um, giving them dolls whereas you know if you're if you're um, interpreting someone who a kid who might be a boy you're gonna you might be going the opposite direction so it might be going with blues and pants and and uh, um, thinking about kind of like different careers that kid might have thinking about um, any any kind of uh, the kind of like paths that you might think that those two genders might take and it really really limits a kid because what if you have a kid who is a girl but wants to wear blue? Uh, what if you have a kid who's a boy who wants to wear pink? And so you're limiting those children from the things that they innately instinctually go towards. And that doesn't just apply to colors, it applies to what they wanna grow up to be, what activities they want to do. And that is the foundation for who they're gonna become. So there's kind of like this overarching it seems like a small thing of gender stereotyping, just like being this one thing that happens when we're kids, but it really kind of explodes into so many different avenues when we're adults. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, with retail these days, I mean, back in back in the dark ages, 
all the kids would have worn the same thing and we wouldn't have had so much. But I mean, I guess the girls would have gone off with the mothers and done the gathering and the, the boys would have gone off with the men and done the hunting. But I guess where, where you're coming from is because we have all of this, you know, pressure to buy all of this pink stuff for girls and all these dolls and things like that. You just feel that, you know, that's where we need to be more gender neutral. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it, it, it applies to a lot of different other facets of our lives, even though it's just kind of like a, a, like a retail thing for kids for a lot of the time but there's also like places where it comes into play like a classroom where you're dividing a class up into boys and girls so like boys go in one line girls go into another line and we're going to go off to the next next period of your classes and you know I'm someone who identifies as non-binary and I use they them pronouns and I was going into the girls line and really that's like not how I identify and it took me a long time to kind of figure out how I identified because I was always put into either a boys or a girls box so it's uh and that's something that like affected me in my life and how I kind of like figured out who I am you know and uh, I think it's important to think about like spaces where kids are being gender stereotyped that it affects their identity and how they're going about in the world. So how do you think gender stereotyping then affects children as they're growing up? I think it affects them in a lot of ways. Um, I think that figuring out your identity can be difficult when you're only given a certain amount of options because of who you're perceived to be. Um, Like I said before, like, giving girls pink and giving boys blue um, and and color is definitely like a simplistic way of thinking about it. Um, But then what if like uh, you, like that kid grows up and starts to put negative connotations with like a girl who wants to wear blue or like be around blue and that's their favorite color. Like that's something that becomes stigmatized. Um, And so that gender stereotyping becomes there's this uh, positivity around pink for girls and a negativity around blue for girls. And so it becomes this kind of like dichotomy of like breaking out of gender stereotypes and conforming to them. And it becomes, there's kind of like a tension there that starts to develop. And I know as like a queer person, that's a lot of where like my, the friction in my life came from of like figuring out like, oh, I'm like a girl, people are telling me I'm a girl, girls should wear dresses, I hate wearing dresses, but I have to because people say that I have to. So that became kind of like a difficult thing for me as I was growing up and trying to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be and, and people who I wanted to be with and what kind of gender I, I was and what I wanted to wear. And it, it's affected my life in, in huge ways. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, 10-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. Mm, I bet. What about children, though, that do like, because obviously it's very difficult to know what your child identifies at. So do you think it's best that we do just don't gender stereotype and have, you know, there's no difference, like there's no difference between a boy and a girl. It's just, you're just a human, if that makes sense. Is that what you believe? I think that there's something really powerful in giving kids choice. Um, I think that, I mean, I knew what color I loved from the time I was like three. So giving a kid that choice to be like, hey, what do you want to wear today? And not necessarily like, putting like all like grays and browns in front of a kid and only letting them wear gender neutral stuff 
quote unquote, but like allowing them like those, the choice between like pink and blue and green and brown if they want to, so that they have that independence in themselves to like feel who they are and who they want to be and be able to express that in the way they want. And without those kind of like colors and choices, having those kind of genders put onto them by the adults around them. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, I've got two sons, so and my youngest was obsessed with pink sparkles at one point because he hang, hung with all the girls, and I just embraced it. It was absolutely fine. But d- do I need to treat him as gender neutral? Probably not because he's definitely through and through a boy, and I, I wonder if it's something yeah. as parents we innately sort of know about our children, um, you know, and we do sort of have to, to go, you know what, this child definitely identifies as a boy. I need to treat them like a boy. Or, you know, this child, I don't know, maybe I need to be a bit more gender neutral. Or, you know, this one is definitely very girly. Like, do we need as parents to be uh, looking at our children and, and doing it as a case-by-case basis instead of do you th- – my question is, do you think we can cause more confusion with our children by being gender neutral with all of them? I mean, I think that it's – a to the kids, honestly. I think that like the the parenting part of it, I, and I'm not a parent, so I'm, I'm speculating <laughs> um, as someone who has been a child. Um, but I think that it's important to kind of like be that that person that like their the kid can trust, you know, to be able to like just be themselves and to experiment and explore like with what they want in you know in like clothing and colors and you know, we're talking about colors a lot. So I think that it's important to like, you know, embrace the fact that like your son loves sparkles. Like that's so cool to me. And I think that there are definitely parents out there who aren't as open to that. And I think that that's the point where we should be getting to of like, okay, this is my son. He's clearly expressed that he's my son but he loves sparkles. That is totally cool. He loves tutus. (laughs) That's totally cool. Like that's awesome to me. Yeah. Well, we have been out of the house where he has worn the most ridiculous outfits and socks on his hands and all sorts of things. So I definitely agree with you with allowing children to be who they want to be. And he's loud. He's out there. Um, So yes, I I agree with you. If the children want to walk out of the house with pink sparkly shoes and a bright uh, Hawaiian t-shirt, then so be it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what sort of language then do you think counts as that gender stereotyping that we need to be careful about? Yeah, I think like say like stuff that's like uh, that like kind of feminizes colors, um, feminizes like uh, like dresses are for girls, uh, like pants are for boys, those kinds of things. And I think we've gone a little bit past that um, in recent years. Um, but I think moving away from like particularly gendering clothing and gendering toys, I think those are the two things that are gendered the most um, around children, particularly like going to the toy aisle and like there being a boy's toy aisle and a girl's toy aisle and like, and trying to, and I know it's hard because you're in a store where that's kind of already segmented off, but you know, letting your kids know, like we can go into the store and it's sectioned off like this, but you can choose any toy you want. It doesn't matter what aisle it's on. And I think doing your best to deconstruct what's out there to kind of provide a gender neutral experience. And I think that that actually, the idea that like, yeah, you can have whatever you want. I mean, you know, with it budget, (laughs) Um, but like you can, you can go towards like whatever you want, whatever you feel like you want to get, like you go and it doesn't matter where it's from. I think that's less confusing than saying you're a girl. That means you can't have this. I think that, I think that, I think that that's a more confusing idea for a kid because I think 
a lot of what children's thought patterns are is based in fairness. I think that's something that kids really inherently understand is fairness. And not understanding why something is unfair is confusing for children. And I think that gender stereotyping is one of those things. Yes. And I think, you know, as a mother of boys, uh, myself, you know, it's that big boys don't cry, stop crying. You know, we've all got to be careful mm-hmm. of the language that we're using or boys don't play with the girls, you know, don't play with the Barbies and things like that. Like, I agree with you. There is a certain amount of allow people to be who they want to be and, and try those sorts of things. So, um, and, and especially when it comes to emotions around boys, we need to be really, really careful that we want our boys to be able to express their emotions as well. So how can... Uh, we use better words then as parents? Hmm. It's a good question. I think, I think it's less a question of like specific words than it is about kind of like conceptually doing a little gymnastics as adults to kind of pull gender off of stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be gendered. So like what I was talking about before, like toys, like clothes, like a dress doesn't have a gender, it's just fabric, you know? And I think that it's important to kind of pull gender off of those things. Um, I think giving like language around consent and choice is super important. Um, So really having conversations about like, yes means yes, no means no. Um, The other words mean no sometimes too. And I think with like teachers and educators in particular, it's important to use gender neutral language in the classroom, um, particularly like getting rid of phrases like boys and girls, um, I think, and trying to adjust, uh, sorry, trying to address like your students um, as a whole instead of instead of boys and girls um, and finding other places where you might be doing that um, and it's definitely it's something that we do naturally and it's something that adults kind of have to unlearn is um, places where our language does become gendered and you'll start kind of like picking it up in your own language as well if you kind of like think about it and like put your um, kind of like thermometer on that um, but yeah, there are lots of different places where that definitely happens. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for your insights around this interesting topic of gender stereotyping. Really appreciate your time all the way from New York. Uh, if you'd like to check mm-hmm. out more, check out lindsayyama.com. Uh, and um, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. The weird, the wacky and the wonderful in the world of parenting. All right, number one is an idea. So you're feeling like a salad, but you want to choose your own ingredients. Well, it's all a reality with Chow Botics, Sally 2.0, which is a robot salad vending machine. So you know the future is here when you hear the words robot salad vending machine. Uh, It offers a range of customizable meals and snacks and users are able to add or reduce ingredients to their liking. So it's currently in 70 different locations around the US. So if salad isn't really your thing, There are vending machines in Japan that produce piping hot pizza in just a few minutes for you as well. Yum! One of those in my house, then I don't have to cook. Just get the vending machine, put in everyone and put their own order in. How cool would that be? Number two, Hyundai has recently unveiled a car with robotic legs that can walk, climb and jump. Yes, you heard that right. The vehicle has extendable legs, meaning it can walk over difficult terrain. So the legs can also be pulled back in so that you can drive on the highway as normal. A walking car. Wow, never thought I'd see that one. And number three, so if you're looking for new mum friends, well, guess what? There's an app just for that. 
Peanut is a social networking app aimed to connect mothers across the globe. So it's a Tinder-style app but aimed at finding friendships for mothers as well as community spaces. It's got Q&A forums and lots more, so the founder, Michelle Kennedy, created the app after experiencing isolation that tends to come with early parenthood. So there you go. Give Peanut a go if you're looking for some new friends globally. Sounds like a great one. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right. For this week's Give It A Go Challenge, I want you to plant some flowers. So is your garden looking a little bit bleak? Get the family together and plant some flowers. You and your family may even learn a thing or two about gardening along the way. And your garden is surely to look much brighter and happy from the process as well. And it gives you something to keep alive besides the children. So give it a go. Get some flowers going in the garden. Pack Mag's tip of the week. All right, tip of the week, we've all been there. You're eating a delicious curry or spaghetti bolognese and you get the sauce all over your nice white clothing or that brand new pair of white shoes get ruined by the weather. So fear not, there are plenty of ways to get the stains out. So for white clothes, you can saturate the stain with vinegar and then put it through the washing machine as usual and that apparently helps. For white shoes, you can combine one tablespoon of baking powder with a tablespoon of white vinegar and a tablespoon of hot water. So use an old toothbrush and scrub the shoes and they'll look good as new. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Number one is that gender stereotyping puts children into boxes, which can be difficult for them to break out of as they grow up and develop. So gluing your child to a choice in what they want to wear or play with creates independence on them and allows them to express who they are. So let your son wear the pink sparkly shoes if he wants to, uh, or your daughter get out there and get in the mud. Um, Just let them be who they want to be, basically. Number two is embrace your child's love of certain things, whether they're a boy who loves pink sparkles or a girl who loves mud and trucks. Letting your child feel comfortable to express themselves can positively affect them once they grow up. And lastly, when out in public and faced with gender stereotyping, like Lindsay's example of the toy store, which clearly has a boy's side and a girl's side, remind your children that they are free to choose a toy from whatever side they like. Well, we've wrapped up another show. I hope you enjoyed it here. And remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. Uh, big thank you to Lindsay for her views and insights today. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, and a big thank you to everyone who's made the podcast possible. I hope you are going well at life in parenting. It's definitely uh, has its up and downs. But until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.